You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Post Game Show. What up, Chiefs Kingdom? Chiefs fall 20-14 to to the Las Vegas Raiders. Hope you're all having a great Christmas. I know that game didn't do it uh, for you, but we appreciate you hanging out with us. For those who are joining us live on YouTube, or for those who are listening to the audio after the fact, I'm BJ Kissel hanging out with Craig Stout and Maddie Lane here on the KCSN Live Post Game Show. Craig, we're going to start with you. Uh, and this one, we've got to start with the Chiefs offense once again. Yeah, unfortunately, it, it feels like uh, we're beating the same drum here. Chiefs offense struggles to move the ball yet again. As a matter of fact, through the first quarter there, I believe they had negative total yardage in the first quarter, but they made sure to compound that in the second quarter by turning the ball over for touchdowns on back-to-back offensive plays in the span of about seven seconds. We're just... Now, I mean, I, we'll get into bigger picture stuff. This was an all-time bad performance by Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense. Nobody could get open. He was running for his life. Offensive line couldn't block for him. He wasn't throwing confidently. There was very little positive to take from this offensive performance here, and it just seemed like they couldn't get anything going at all. The Raiders were just sitting on everything short, Maddie. Like, it, it just felt like... There was nothing else that the Chiefs could do short of just dumping the ball off and hoping a guy broke a tackle. I mean, this was easily one of the worst and most surprising, I think, like offensive performances we've seen from the Chiefs under Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, the final points aren't going to necessarily tell the story, but in other really bad games, we've had situations where a guy's gotten hurt or the weather's been really bad. Like, there's been reason to explain it. There's nothing to explain this game. The offensive line got dominated all game long. Nobody could get open. The screen passes, even the quick game, was getting eaten up by the Raiders. Mahomes had a very a couple really good moments, and especially on that last drive, like he was gutting through what was clearly a bad game, but he didn't play great for the majority of the game. It didn't seem like the coaching staff had any answers. Andy Reid didn't know when to hit right the right buttons or pull the certain levers. Just completely dominated from start to finish and that's just a surprise. The Raiders team was clearly up and ready for this game. Like, you got to give them some credit here, but I don't think they're such a good team that you should have this level of performance against them. And the offense was just spinning its wheels all game long, consistently, not even just shooting itself in the foot. They were just getting outplayed. Like, that straight yeah. up outplayed for the for all 60 minutes. I think it was the biggest surprise for me is how badly the offensive line got dominated. And I had spent all week talking about Amik Robertson after the last game coming out and saying, we're better than that team. We got more dogs in that team. I talked about it on the five things to watch shows, like just wait until he w- he wakes them up. And we see the Chiefs team that isn't that much different from a team that went and won the Super Bowl. And he came out, you know what? He's right. I was prepared to come up with all the receipts and all the stuff about it when Meek said. They came out and just beat the hell out of the offensive line. And that was the biggest surprise to me. This is not going to be a game that Wanya Morris wants to go back and rewatch. Craig, I'm curious your thoughts on this, but I tweeted this out during the game and I'm glad Jonathan, somebody replied to me, um, AJ spot bot 96, uh, sent me the screen, the tweet from Jonathan Jones of CBS. But I was curious how much Patrick Mahomes was scrambling around in context to other games that we had seen. And this is what Jonathan Jones from CBS put out that Mahomes covered 945 yards in that game, and he was referencing the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, 
including sprinting for 126 yards. And this was before the game was over when he tweeted this. He said he's now at 917 yards in this game today and sprinted for 280 yards running around. We're not saying Mahomes is blameless, and that's not the point that I'm trying to make here because he didn't play particularly well, but he did everything he possibly could scrambling for his life while the offensive line was absolutely getting dominated. And it doesn't matter how what you do as an offense and how you game plan and scheme things up and move guys around. If your offensive line is consistently getting dominated like that and dealing with a guy like Max Crosby, you're not going to have any success. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Wanya Morris is going to want to forget this. Jawan Taylor was not like particularly better. At least he was going up against you know Max Crosby a little more often there. But Malcolm Koontz ate Wanya Morris's lunch for most of the game there. And this is the second game that the Chiefs have played against the Raiders that Malcolm Koontz has been a thorn in their side. And that can't happen. Like, Malcolm Koontz is a fine football player. I, I liked Koontz coming out. I liked the fit here, you know, with the Raiders here. But he's not the level of player that should be destroying the game to the level of what he did this week. Got to the point where, you know, I just referenced the fact that they're dumping the ball off. They're, they're throwing short all the time and all of that, you know, Try and hit on a pump and go. Try and get the aggressiveness of a Jack Jones to, you know, take advantage of that. They can't he get didn't try. They he tried. Try. Yeah. He tried a couple times and they still had to check it down. One of them yeah. had to go back to the pump on the screen. I know. I know. It's it's absolutely awful. They just couldn't get anything going. And I BJ, I want to go back to what you said. You you referenced the Meek Robertson and the dogs comet and everything like that. Jack Jones picked off Patrick Mahomes walked into the end zone, and was yapping the entire way, as is his right. He's picked off. He's he's running the ball in for an interception. I got no problem with Jack Jones opening his mouth and running it. Nobody on this offense stepped up. Jack Jones stood in the middle of their offensive huddle to start the very next play and let everybody know about it. Now, Rasheed Rice took his took his mouthpiece and threw it, you know, basically out of, out of the end zone there. But nobody's showing up to try and body that guy. Nobody gets fired up. When teams do this anymore, it just feels like this offense is just like, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We're seeing Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet on the sideline and Andy Reid basically telling him, it's like, no, you don't get to go back in after that sort of behavior. We're seeing, you know, Patrick Mahomes kind of take it all in stride. It, it feels like, and maybe, you know, Antonio Pierce said, it felt like the Chiefs were emotionally defeated. That's absolutely the case. I felt like that. Uh, through most of the game, it just felt like, oh no, here it goes again. We can't switch the offense back on. We don't know what we need to do here. And the outcome is what it is. They can't move the ball on offense. They can't help out their defense. And they make repeated mistakes that not only puts their defense back in bad positions, but also put points on the board for the other team. It's just it can't happen. They're not a good enough offense to overcome that right now, and they don't have the kind of fire at the moment, at least today, to respond when bad things happened, and that just kind of snowballed into this lackluster effort here. Well, I think you brought up the Jack Jones trash talk after the interception. I think that's probably the thing that's going to stick with me most from this game. Coming into this game, Jack Jones talks trash about the entire Chiefs offense besides Mahomes. He gives Mahomes credit and says he's mm-hmm. great. And if we stop him or we take away his magic, everything else falls apart. He then gets an So he talks trash on the entire team. He gets an interception. He's talking shit to Mahomes' face as he runs into the end zone. Doesn't have any cares in the world about doing that. Scores a touchdown. They come right back out, and he's still yapping in the middle of the field. And I don't care necessarily about somebody coming to step up and stop that. Like, it's his right. Be chippy. Do whatever you want. 
the fact that that even crossed his mind to go up to Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the NFL for the past half decade, the guy that you don't try to rile up, the guy that you don't want to piss off, and everyone says that. Everyone knows it. Max Crosby knows firsthand like that's not what you want to do. Jack Jones didn't care at all. And I know we're not trying to pull this out to every other game, but I think that's a good view of like how the NFL sees this Chiefs team right now. Nobody has any fear or respect for what this team has been in the past. Everyone is now completely judging them on what they are this year. And that's how the Raiders played them. They said, okay, we're going to play a soft cover four shell. We're going to drive downhill on everything in front of us. We're going to say, I bet you don't try to push the ball over our head. I bet you don't try to throw it deep into these tight windows. And Mahomes and this Chiefs offense were more than willing to oblige and just trying to keep checking the ball down, checking the ball down. And I get it. No one's open. But at some point, you got to push the envelope. You can't play an NFL offense this way, especially once you fall behind. You can't just keep going back to the well of the screen game and checking it down. And they got to figure out something there. And they had they literally had zero answers versus the Raiders. The only reason they got down the field on the final touchdown drive to bring them within one score was a, a long dagger play that the Raiders just finally blew a coverage. They finally blew a coverage. The Chiefs finally threw a ball over 10 yards in the air, and it was a huge play to Richie James, but it was just on a blown coverage. It's just, you can't NFL offense this way. T people spent their entire season and three years now dunking on Matt Canada. What's the difference between this Chiefs offense and what Matt Canada did in there's no difference. It's the same thing right now. They just can't push the ball downfield, and defenses like the Raiders don't respect it anymore. And that's just that's a tough pill to swallow when you're looking at a team that's Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and all these guys. Yeah, and, and keeping it specifically about today, and I know we have a comment here that we want to get to from Skyler T in the super chat. Skyler, we appreciate it. Hope you have uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. But uh, his comment: I disagree about guys not being open. Kurt Warner did a video on it. I've seen the all twenty-two. Regardless, I'm just trying to remember that 10 years ago, two Super Bowls seemed like it would never happen. We miss EB's accountability. Um, I'm glad that it put in that we miss EB's accountability and not that he was necessarily the missing piece because I think there's so much blame to go around and that it is not on one person. That Matt Nagy seemed to be the guy that everybody, at least from what I was seeing on social media, was getting attacked. It is Matt Nagy. It is Andy Reid. It is Brett Veach. It is Mahomes. It is the wide receivers. It is the offensive line. But specifically about today... Craig, what did you what have you did you see from the broadcast view that we can that we can see regarding the receivers and Patrick Mahomes just not being on the same page or him not finding the open guys? I mean, uh, we uh, luckily, you know, Kurt Warner showed it a couple of times. It's like uh, it, the moments that you saw guys flash open. I can think of a play late in the game there where Travis Kelsey flashed open about twenty yards down the field. Uh, it's a play that Patrick Mahomes would have hit. If he didn't have pressure in his face, it seemed like mm. it, it was a conjunction of when the pressure held up, no receivers were open. And there, Bill Barnwell was, was tweeting out, you know, the the dots, you know, and everything like that. And it is just mind blowing to watch the lack of separation from, from those wide receivers. Then Kurt Warner started showing it as well. It's like when he's back there, he's dropping, he's holding the ball four and five seconds and ducking under guys and doing all of the vintage Mahomes things that we have come become accustomed to, then he steps up into the pocket and doesn't let the ball go, doesn't let it rip. You That that final element, and then all of a sudden you see the field, Kurt Warner shows it to us, there's nobody open. Then, you know, very next play, pressure immediately in his face, somebody's open. So it just, it, it was one of those where it wasn't 
one thing or the other. So I'm glad that you said that, BJ. It wasn't one thing or the other. Offensive line doesn't hold up, receivers get open. It just didn't come together at any point in time now. And Patrick Mahomes, now, week 16, there are still games to play. Next Gen Stats has this right here. Patrick Mahomes' intended air yards were 4.4 on the day. 4.4. For reference, that is not worst in the NFL. Trevor Simeon for the New York Jets holds that at 3.3. Jared Goff at 4.2. Patrick Mahomes, third worst in the NFL in intended air yards, according to NFL's next-gen stats today. That can't happen. An offense with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, even Travis Kelsey, out there, I, I don't care what your thoughts are about him. Rasheed Rice out there. There are enough competent bodies to where you can't have 4.4 yards per attempt in the air. Like that, that is just not, it, that is, like Maddie said, a Matt Canada offense, Maddie. It, it just can't happen. And I, the Raiders, I think, did a re- really good job with whatever their pass rush plan was. They were really, yes. like, about not getting deep up the arc. They weren't allowing Patrick Mahomes to step up in the pocket. Numerous times early in the game, he tried to step up, and you had the defensive ends were transitioning to inside moves or bull rushes and getting the tackles into his lap. So we spent a lot of time early in Mahomes' career like getting him on Hank drifting back in the pocket. That's been a big thing. and it's, It's been him a little bit this year. And this game, I think he was forced to drift because of the way the Raiders started operating. And I don't want to say the Chiefs' offense ever got functional because it didn't but they were able to move the ball a little bit when he just started scrambling and quit trying to play from within the pocket because of how it was collapsing. And I, that's a good thing by the Raiders. Like, I don't... Jawan Taylor has gotten worse as the year's gone on, and he was getting beat up this this game by Max Crosby. Wanya Morris had his worst game against Malcolm Coots or Crosby when he was over there. The interior was good, but not great. They were still letting the pocket shrink down, so there was nowhere for Mahomes to stay in the pocket to deliver the ball. He just has to start scrambling around to Craig's point, guy gets open, that doesn't work if Mahomes is already scrambling with or pressure in his face to the right. Or when a guy, you know, isn't when no one is open, he's got time. It's just everything avalanche together. And I do think it started early with that pass rush by the Raiders. They were really getting after it. I thought they did a great job staying in their rushing lanes. They did a really good job on how they attacked the Chiefs tackles, trying not to just get upfield, trying not just to speed rush rep after rep, even though they had success with it. So I Good job by them. Like, it's hard to just beat the Chiefs down when I do think the Raiders played really well. It's just the Chiefs had no counter punch to it all game long. BJ, I yeah, got one more thing. I got one more thing good. before I throw to you just because I saw your eyes with the intended air yards here. Do you know what the completed air yards were for Patrick Mahomes? Oh, God. Anybody care to care to guess? One you take two plays. It. Yeah, you one. take two plays out, I bet it was negative. Yeah, absolutely. 1.4 yards per completion. Again, Trevor Simeon setting the low bar with .4. Sam Howell, who got benched at .9. Then Patrick Mahomes, third. Like that, That's just not how you offense. Go ahead, BJ. Yeah, we're going to continue and kind of get the rest of our thoughts out on the Chiefs offense, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about the Chiefs defense because we do deserve to talk about uh, what the Chiefs defense did today and then just kind of expectations going forward. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. You want to be playing your best football at the end of the year, all those things. Uh, that we kind of talked about with the receivers and the offense, especially the passing game, was struggling early in the year. Has really turned that corner and is going the opposite direction. Um, and I'm not making excuses about it. I just wonder how tired the guys are um, coming off the Super Bowl. It's just there's not a lot of fight back uh, at this point in the season when there normally is. Um, and you don't know where to blame. And again, there's not been that much turnover 
from this team, from the team that was a, competing for a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl a year ago. It that that's the part to me, uh, Craig. We won't. We'd never know this. I don't think I've ever talked to you guys about this before. Asked you this before. It almost seemed like Mahomes was under so much pressure that I wonder on some of those plays where he's missing guys that are open. Is he just getting to the top of his route knowing I'm going to duck under and I'm going to move around and telling the receiver, like, it's backyard football at this point because as soon as I get to my drop, and he started doing the nine-step, like, guys could have sacked oh, yeah. him without run, turning the arc at all. I just wonder if he, on this play, is like, you know what, I'm going to get to my drop, I'm going to run around, try to buy some time, and then scramble and make a play. It's not what you want, but... I mean, we talk about it all the time. We talk about Spags heating up, you know, opposing quarterbacks and speeding them up and doing all of that stuff. Patrick Mahomes is human. As much as we want him to be Superman, he is human. So you get sacked five times, I believe, and you take that many hits, you're that gimpy. Yeah, guess what? The first thing that you're going to do is when you're at the top of your drop, if your primary read is not open, your second look is not necessarily going to be, okay, well, who's my second read? It's going to be, uh, oh, shit, where, where's the pass rush? Like, it, that's where it is. That's where you fall to. And so, mm -hmm. like, again, not trying to absolve him of any play because there were plays that the offensive line did play well where you did see that he had plenty of time in the pocket and you could see him getting skittish back there because he'd been hit so much. He, he's not blameless. There were a couple of times where there were guys that were open and he's just throwing a bad pass or inviting some pressure to try and peel guys <laughs> off of it. That the would be interception that they luckily reversed and, you know, said that the ball hit the ground. Patrick Mahomes is inviting pressure to try and bring everybody up and lob that pass over. He was trying to manipulate that. He was still trying to be Patrick and do that. And it wasn't working. Like it just wasn't happening for this team. So yeah, it's understandable when you take that many hits you try, you pull all the different levers to try and make the offense go, and it doesn't go. They got to a point where they were they were running hurry up early in the fourth quarter. That doesn't happen. Andy Reid does it. Andy Reid wants to have play calling. He wants to have that all bundled up. They let Patrick Mahomes go out there and basically call plays at the line of scrimmage repeatedly. That doesn't happen. They were. This wasn't just okay. We're going to run the same offense. We're not going to change anything. They tried a whole bunch of stuff which is why I think this is the most concerning offensive game of the season because they they really tried and there wasn't a whole lot that worked. Well, and going back to Mahomes, beyond just the, the pressure and hitting the back of his drop and immediately going to creation mode, it's the same thing with receivers on routes. Like I, He doesn't trust what they are going to do. He just doesn't trust what's going to be there. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Like I think there's clearly going to be times where he is wrong there's clearly going to be times where it's the wide receivers or whichever receiver that is wrong and where they're going to be and not getting open. But he gets the back and like you'll see what's going to be an NFL open window start to open up. And Mahomes last year, the year before, the year before is making that throw. He's just not this year. And it's just he doesn't trust whether it's himself or the team in those situations. And that's just really hard to play quarterback. So now you have a guy who's consistently under pressure in this game, who also doesn't trust his wide receivers to be in the right spot and to throw in these tight windows and you just get this broken offense, and then Andy Reid in this game didn't seem like he had a good pulse on when, how to get guys wide open. That first Raiders game, they absolutely destroyed the Raiders by running mesh over and over again, a bunch of crossing routes. The Raiders countered great. They just sat in a soft zone and said, hey, we'll drive on it every time, and the Chiefs didn't have a schematic answer to that. They had no counter to that schematically. They were not able to just stretch this zone out and open up wide open guys down the field until again at the end of the game so 
It's just they constantly were playing from behind, I think, the eight ball in this one. And Mahomes' lack of confidence, whether it was in the pass protection, whether it was in the receiver room, or just in himself. I mean, some of those passes that he threw came out silly. And so it's just, yeah, the arm strength's not there. The zip isn't there that it has been. I don't know how much of that is trying to push the ball for receivers who have dropped a lot of passes this year. I don't know how much of that is him being hired to BJ's point. He's played a lot of football in a short period of time, constantly going to the AFC Championship game. I don't know what the rationale is, but there's been some passes where there just isn't enough heat on it that there would be in the past. So it, a lot of instances going into it, a lot of issues here for Mahomes and this offense, but they had no answer from the coaching staff or the players on the field. Well, I can give you an answer, Matthew. And uh, that is from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL fans, it's time to unwrap nonstop football action. This holiday season, throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Coming up this evening, the Ravens will play the 49ers. They are, the Niners are six-point favorites at home, so you can maybe make a little bit more cash, Christmas cash, on that game. Here's what you got to do. you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and now with code KCSN, new customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Back to you guys. Thanks, Doc. I and we appreciate everybody for hanging out with you. Watching live. Please hit the like and subscribe if you listen to the audio after the fact. We just appreciate you for spending part of your uh holiday with us as you vent. Hopefully we can all vent, get this out of our system, and then get back to family and friends or uh, I don't even know we can matters now. Like I was talking to my son about it. We were talking about the game tonight and rooting for the 49ers to win because we have a chance at the one. Like that's not a thing anymore. So that's dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's spend some time because they do deserve uh, as much as we're all frustrated after that loss. We do need to talk about what the Chiefs defense was able to do, although I think it's just going to make a lot of people annoyed uh, to know how well the defense played and still couldn't get it done. But defense giving up basically one score uh, as the offense had the two touchdowns given up. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs lost and the defense gave up 205 yards of total offense. Raiders averaged 3.9 yards per play, Craig. And I know you chart the games. You probably got even more stats that are going to make us feel good about the defense, but feel awful about the offense couldn't do anything to pull out a win uh, at a time that they really needed it. Yeah, absolutely the case. I know that people are going to look at the run plays at the end of the game out of 21 personnel. Those were not good. Second level did not play well and a kind of got to have it moment there. But this team, this was a gotta-have-it game all game long for the defense, and they were able to step up. Guys, um, with two minutes and one second left in the first quarter, Aiden O'Connell dropped back to pass, threw a one-yard pass at Legereus Need on third and five. The Chiefs got off the field. That was the last positive passing yard that the Raiders had for the game. That's right. First quarter, two minutes left. That was the last positive yardage the rest were incompletes or sacks by the Chiefs defense there that is outstanding 
Aiden O'Connell had 62 gross yards passing, and I believe 48 net yards passing. Just an absolute masterclass through the air there. LeJarrius Sneed was phenomenal to the point where when he went down, when he got rolled up on and he came off the field, I went, oh man, this is this is going to be what, what it's going to take. LeJarrius Sneed being out is going to allow a guy like Devontae Adams to step up and finally make a play. They weren't able to go at Devontae Adams. LeJarrius Sneed obviously comes back in. They weren't able to go at him. Now all of a sudden, Devontae Adams, one catch for four yards with LeJarrius Sneed shadowing him for most of the game. And by the way, that one catch for four yards was on Nick Bolton in the middle of the field in zone coverage. It was not on LeJarrius Sneed on that play. Absolutely top-tier performance by him. But Jalen Watson also stepped up in a massive way at a couple of huge pass breakups. Chris Jones was dominating this game early to the point where the, the Raiders just went, no, no, you know what? We're done. We're done throwing the ball. We don't want any part of this man anymore. Like, it it was dangerous for the Raiders to drop back to pass. And we've been talking about, you know, how teams can get this team into heavy personnel, try and go with, you know, more 12 and 21 personnel, throw the ball, target the linebackers, target some of these safeties, target the corners a little bit out of the base defense. They tried this, the Raiders did, and couldn't get anything going. They just couldn't. And they were constantly behind the sticks. It was just a very positive effort through the air for the Chiefs defense on the day to the point where the Chiefs are now going to rocket up the passing charts that they were already near the top of because of a performance like today. I mean, the defense played exceptional for the vast, I mean, for pretty much the whole game. Like at this point in time, like you're asking them to go out there every single drive and come up with a stop and not even just a stop, but asking them to give up zero yards so you can attempt to win the field position battle to help your offense. Like, you were putting them in terrible spots time and time again. You're giving the opposing team the lead with the defense not even on the field. And like you're just asking them to play a perfect football game. And man, up until that last drive, it's hard to say they did anything but that. Whether it was the pass, even the run defense, again, until that final little bit at the end of the game was looking really good. The Chiefs weren't getting bullied all over the line of scrimmage like they had been sometimes throughout this year against heavier personnel. They were playing the run well. They were forcing Aiden O'Connell to have to drop back and throw on third and medium, third and long to pick up first downs. He couldn't do it. Chris Jones was as disruptive as he's been all year. Probably this might have been his best game straight up. Yep. This might have been his best game all year. And they couldn't do anything about that. Charles who played a good game. Mike Dana played a good game. Like everybody on the defensive side of the ball was playing pretty darn well up until the very end. And it stinks that that entire good game doesn't go away, right? It just thinks that the lasting image from this game is going to be giving up a big, long run to end it and erase any chance for a comeback that the offense would have had, right? Like, that stinks into the end. Like, yes, it happened. And yeah, that was a pretty poor series for the Chiefs to end it on this defense. But they were up with their backs against the wall all game long when they had to come up with stop after stop after stop, giving up two real scoring-worthy drives all game long. That's not bad. And that one, the, the one that actually resulted in points was only a field goal. The other one, it just, you know, the Raiders ran out the clock, but that might have been another field goal. So you can't downplay what the defense did. It just stinks that they're constantly being put in these positions. And then in this game, it comes back to bite them. Finally, at the end, the defense finally shows a small crack one point in time. And then that cost them a chance for a comeback with, you know, two minutes left there in the game. Yep. 
30% of the Raiders' offensive yards came on that last drive. They had 61 yards on that final drive, 43 on that one run from Zamir Wide, another 15-yard chunk play, and that was the majority of what the Raiders did offensively. They were at 140 yards of total offense, or 145 yards of total offense before that last drive. So uh, great performance from the defense. I thought early in the game it was an MVP performance from Legereus Neen, Chris Jones, that they were just sharing it as well as those two guys were playing, which brings up the thought that I want to get to later in the show. We get to talk about it now. It's just how do the expectations change for this Chiefs team? And are we back to a situation where the Chiefs are still good enough to beat teams in the AFC? We've seen them do it, but they can't do it if they lose the turnover battle, if they don't convert inside the red zone, it's it's back to where it was with the Alex Smith and the talk about the margin of error. I know people yeah. are pissed off when they say it, but the Chiefs lost because they turned the ball over twice. Otherwise, the Raiders score six points and they went 14-6 to six in a brutally ugly game that is not anything like what we're used to seeing. But the Chiefs, I'm still confident, could win games like this if they don't turn the ball over. But if they do, I don't think they have a chance the way the offense is playing right now. No. They don't like uh, that's uh, that's the long and the short of it. I, I, just to your point, BJ, right here, Chiefs defense, punt, field goal, punt, punt, end of half, punt, punt, field goal, punt, end of game. That's more than enough. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care what offense you have on the other side of the ball. That's six points, and you know maybe nine. Worst case, thirteen. That's still enough. A functional offense can do this. A functional offense with this defense, and all of a sudden we're talking about a team that's probably holding the one seed right now, and it just hasn't been functional. So, as this year has gone along to your point, the expectations have shifted. Obviously, the defense is the strong side of the ball here. Obviously, you know, they need some help. They can't keep shooting themselves in the foot. They can't have negative plays on offense, and when you shorten the field and you check the ball down, guess what? More propensity for negative plays on offense when you do that can't commit penalties and they've got some penalty magnets on the offensive line. You can't turn the ball over and you've got two plays within seven seconds that not only do you turn the ball over, you allow the defense to score. You can't do that. You just can't. Patrick Mahomes tried to throw two more interceptions today that if he, if the defense comes up with that, this game might be a runaway. Like we might be sitting here talking about the chiefs scored seven points against this bad Raiders defense and allowed, you know, all these other points because it just avalanched the wrong direction. And so you look ahead, you look at the rest of the teams in the AFC who maybe other than the Ravens, nobody wants to step up and be a good football team right now. Like nobody wants to take hold of that. The Chiefs are included in that. So we're looking at this and going, hey, yeah, on any given date, like I can see this team in the AFC championship game because I've watched the rest of the AFC. I know that they have fatal flaws as well. I could also see this team losing to the Cleveland Browns on wildcard weekend because they shoot themselves in the foot against a good defense and consistently set that team up for success and put their defense in bad situations. That's just where we are right now, unfortunately. And this is a microcosm of that. It's a microcosm of the season, and it's kind of getting worse. And that's not where you want to be building, like you said. You want to build into the playoffs. You want to build into December, January, February. This team is going the opposite direction after a stretch at the beginning of the season where they were winning despite these errors, despite these things. Now, all of a sudden, they are losing because of them. I, 
it's hard. I, I think my expectations are probably lower than most because I think offense wins uh, when it comes to playing good teams. I don't think that you can realistically expect to win a lot of games, defensive games, and the playoffs going to a Super Bowl. Like I just think in the way the NFL has transitioned with the rules nowadays, offenses win. And this offense can't be trusted at all. And it's not even not trusted to make mistakes like Craig's referencing. They can't be trusted to, even if they don't make mistakes, just to play decent football. They just... They are a bad offense right now. They can't. You can't expect them to go into a game and score. And while I do expect the defense to make it difficult for any team they play, when you have to go up and play Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins, or you have to go up and play a Josh Allen, or whoever it may be, the way Joe Flacco is playing right now, apparently I got to add Flacco to this list. Let's <laughs> play these guys. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. Offense, when they are on their A+, out-executes a defense playing at an A-plus level. In the NFL anymore, it's just... It's really hard to see this Chiefs team handling that right now, the way they've been playing on offense. So then you go back to, I like the point of the Alex Smith kind of teams in which things have to go right for them to win. The problem is the Chiefs don't have a Hall of Fame running back that they can lean on. Like, it's not as easy to lean on a passing game. We've seen they have a quarterback that should go into the Hall of Fame in Patrick Mahomes. No doubt about it. It's really hard to play that as a safety net. We've seen there is a lack of just consistency with this offense having to be run this way with these weapons and this personnel through Mahomes right now. And whether that's him, whether that's coaching staff, offensive line, weapons, all of it combined, they can't consistently do that. At least when you had Alex Smith, you had a very reliable run game. You could consistently control the ball, control the clock. You did not shoot yourselves in the foot. And even if you had a bad game, you at least minimized how everything was going right now. When things go poorly, when things aren't working, it just looks downright ugly like it did for the majority of this Raiders game. So if they don't clean it up, they're on the verge of being a wild card team. Like they'll likely end up winning the division, but it's not locked up yet. And the way they're playing, they can easily lose their last two games if they don't turn around what they just did in this game versus the Raiders. They can't come out and play like that again. And I try not to get into the mental side of it too much because I don't know how those guys are feeling. This team's coming off a Super Bowl win, had Super Bowl aspirations. They just lost to the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas Day at home in front of everybody. Is this just an easy game to rebound from? Is this a game where you just flip a switch and come back ready to go? Or do you start to fold a little bit? I mean, do, you just, do that pressure start to build up and just eat at you? Because you're clearly falling way short of what your own expectations were this season. A couple of notes from the post-game pressers. Uh, Andy Reid saying that Isaiah Pacheco has a concussion and that right guard Trey Smith hurt his left calf. Um, so those are the two injuries coming out of this game against the Raiders. And then Patrick Mahomes on the podium saying, if we don't clean it up, we'll be going home in the playoffs. Seems obvious, but it's publicly saying they've got to clean some stuff up. That probably, I know he's, he generally does this. He's always going to start with himself. He hasn't really thrown anybody under the bus. It's about them all getting on the same page, including the, the play calling, getting the calls in. It seemed like during the game, there were times that Mahomes was frustrated that the play call wasn't coming in fast enough, but. Uh, we'll talk about playoff expectations and where the three of us are at and let us know in the comment section where you realistically feel like uh, the Chiefs could go in the playoffs with this particular team. But we'll talk about that a little bit more right after this. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to the KCSN Live Post Game Show. Appreciate you for hanging out and spending part of your Christmas with us. For those who are listening live or listening to the podcast after the fact, and BJ Kissel with Greg Stout and Maddie Lane. I know there's some comments in the, uh, the chat already about Patrick Mahomes' comments. I don't know what we expect him to say without just coming out and just lighting everybody up. Uh, basically, I comes out and if we don't, <laughs> if we don't, but even yeah. then, like it's gonna go the other way. So it's like if we don't play better, we're going to go home. Craig, I'm curious. I want to get your thoughts on this team knowing the flaws that they have and what we saw today what we've seen over the last few weeks this is the Chiefs team that's lost four of seven this is one of the this is the worst stretch that we've seen in the Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid era for you right now what is a successful Chiefs season resetting those expectations I know it's always Super Bowl or bust but if you had to pick right now what would you be happy with where would you end up oh content with not happy maybe content with Content. I was gonna say because happy is still Super Bowl. Like I mean, right, it's right. still Super Bowl for me because I'm I'm spoiled and you know I'm I'm a baby now and that's just what I expect of, of this football team. But um, no, I making the AFC Championship game I would be content with because I think the expectations are still this is still Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Like it still should be there now. I, I've also watched this team have to dumb things down for the offense in order for everybody to, quote, play fast. And now we're seeing defenses look at that and go, oh, we know how to defend this. So something's got to change. They've got to build off of it. We'll we'll see. Maybe it's a fool's errand of me to think that Andy Reid, once they get to the playoffs, is all the good, all of a sudden going to be like, and here's this wrinkle that we've been working on, and here's this we've been working on. We've seen it in the past, but with this offense, I, I think maybe that's a little bit much to ask for. So I might be setting the bar too high for this offense, but I do expect just a couple of changes that helps them move the ball a little bit better. I, again, you know, Patrick is spot on. They if they keep messing up, they keep shooting themselves in the foot. 
they're going home in the wild card weekend. End of story. And it doesn't matter who they play because a decent football team will absolutely body this, this Chiefs team and put them in the ground and they will win a game that will look ugly. The defense will play well and it won't matter. So there has to be offensive changes. And maybe, again, maybe this is just me being a moron here and expecting something's going to change. But I'm expecting that Andy Reid's going to put a little bit more on the plate than what we've seen the past couple of weeks and get them, at least, to the AFC Championship game. Matty? I don't, I don't think they could put more on the plate. The guys still can't line up. That's my issue. Like, they, can, they go in motion, and then they have to call timeouts because guys don't know where to go. Like, I end, like Andy Reid can do better, yes. I don't think this was a particularly well-coached Andy Reid game from, like, terms of play calling and getting guys open, but, like, his hands are also tied behind his back a little bit with the guys not being able to line up or apparently a line not in front of the ball. And like, you know, it's difficult for everybody. What do I expect? I don't expect much. I expect them to go into the wild card round that depends on who they play, how that matchup goes. So far, we've seen the Chiefs rematch two teams this year, and they have been extremely worse in that rematch against the Broncos and the Raiders now. Like this offense, and not as much the defense, but mostly the offense right now, if a team gets a second crack at them, they are essentially shutting them down. The Broncos have done it. The Raiders have done it. If they have to play the Bills again in the wild card round, I, I don't expect a win there. If they have to play the Dolphins in the wild card round, I, I don't know if I expect a win there because it seems like opposing teams, once they get to see this offense one time, can come back and counter it pretty well. So I, I don't expect a win. I would be happy. I'm with Craig. If they get to the AFC Championship game, I think that's a good balance of how this team has played this year versus my expectations coming into the year. I probably would not be long-term upset. Like in the moment, yeah, I'll probably be upset if they lose the AFC Championship game. Yeah. If they get there, like you could look back on this yeah. team and say, well, given what they dealt with, this is a, you know, this is a win. This is good. We can we can work with this and move on. It's just at this point, I, I have a hard time seeing them winning a wild card game, especially if it's a rematch versus another team, because this offense just seems really easy for NFL coaches to bottle up and really get a stranglehold on. I think we're all on the same page because I think it's an expectation of knowing what this team is this year and and being not content with it, but just being realistic about what this team is. And for me, if you lose to Miami, you lose to Baltimore in the playoffs or even the good version of the Buffalo Bills, I'll be okay with that. If you go and you lose the wild card round to Houston or to Cincinnati, to a <laughs> Pittsburgh, to Jacksonville, that's where I'm going to be like, that can't happen. You go beat a team that has been better than you all season, that's fine. You get you win that wild card round against a team that you should beat should you not turn the ball over too much. Uh, although, Craig, you bringing up Cleveland terrifies me with that defense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that with what Cleveland could do defensively. To ruin the Chiefs offense. I, that's the scary one. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's just, that's a terrifying thought. But I'm on the same page. If they get to the AFC Championship game, not saying that that's, good enough for an Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes in his prime, but with what we've seen from this team, if they can make it to the AFC Championship game, that means they've overcome some of the issues we've seen or the defense has just played so well and the offense doesn't turn the ball over. Because again, that was the difference in this game. You take those two plays back, the Chiefs end up winning and we're talking about survive in advance, which I had been talking about the last three wins over the last seven weeks, is just just figure out a way to win the football game uh, until you go up against somebody that is just significantly better than you, and then you just got to hope that they play down to your level. Uh, and it's just disappointing that we're talking about that. And I want to bring this up because I've seen more comments about this, and I, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. There's a lot of like 
anti Matt Nagy and I'm not going to stand up and like say that Matt Nagy is a reason they are or aren't good, but you're giving a lot of credit to somebody that doesn't have that much power on the chiefs offense. Like I don't, I'm sorry. It runs through Andy Reed. If you think he has that much control, then you're going to give him credit for having the, all the points and all the yards last year when they went and won a Super Bowl. So if you're going to give him credit for that, I'm sorry, you can't do it for this. Maybe the EB like accountability thing. I, I can, I can, I get that, especially at this point in the season with the wide receivers and some of the things just not developing. But putting all of this on Matt Nagy, this is the reason the offense isn't good, is isn't realistic. I'm not saying he's been great. I'm not saying there's not reason for a blame. But to yeah. say that the reason this offense this year is so bad is because of him is giving him way too much power over how the Chiefs' offensive staff and play calling and design happens. This, this that's one of the most like... frustrating narratives. It, it, yeah. It's one of the most frustrating narratives that are out there. I, 100%. Eric Bieniemy's looks like the guy that was enforcing accountability on the sideline. And you can you know point to him arguing with Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, Kelly. And not that arguments mean accountability. But you can point to all these different situations where it looks like he's getting after anyone and everyone and people are respecting what he says, even if it's frustrating them in the moment. We don't see that with Nagy, and that doesn't mean he's not doing it, but you don't see it. And then the results are telling us nobody is respecting what is being told to them necessarily about how their play is like mattering. It just doesn't seem it's not clicking the same way. But you want to talk about offensive scheme, performance, play calling, or anything stylistically about the actual the way the offense is run is not Matt Nagy. The reason it looks the same as Matt Nagy in Chicago is because he was with the Chiefs and Andy Reid. He took the same <laughs> offense to Chicago and ran it and then came back to the same coaching staff with the same general system and was in it. It looked the same in Chicago because he's the same guy that he was in Kansas City. I don't think he is the reason that receivers aren't open. He is not the reason that teams have figured out how to cover this team. He may be part of the issue in terms of guy, you know, the lack of accountability things not clicking the way they should be, penalties, the same mistakes being made over and over again, but stylistically, scheme-wise, he is not controlling anything this year that he did or didn't last year. Like, there's no difference there. So, like, we got to be very careful with how we go about blaming, I think, Matt Nagy for, for in this situation. I, I am fully laying it at the feet of Andy Heck while we're here and blaming random assistant coaches because I can't. No, that's exactly it's everybody like trying to single out one single person. Yes, it's easy to say, OK, hey, Connor Embry, first time wide receivers coach, the wide receivers aren't developing. I can make a correlation there. I get it. Hey, the offense isn't working well. Let's blame the offensive coordinator. I get it. This all stems from Andy. It, 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 it all stems from him. Everything trickles down from Andy. This entire offense, this entire offensive scheme, the way that it's ran, the way that plays are relayed to Patrick Mahomes, his frustration in the huddle saying, you know, get the plays in, get, you know, you get the right plays in or whatever it is. That's talking to Andy. That's not talking to Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy's not sitting over there on the sideline, especially 16 weeks into the season with the offense looking like this. Andy Reid isn't kicking his feet up and going, man, how about that guy? Like, he he can't figure this out. That's not Andy Reid at all. Andy Reid has had his hands in this all year long. He deserves just as much blame as Matt Nagy for this. He deserves just as much blame for the fact that they're making the same mistakes that Connor Embry is getting for the wide receivers right now. Lay it at his feet. I know that it's cliche. I know that he stands up there and says, it's on me. I got to be better. But it is on him. He puts himself in that position. 
He gives himself all of those jobs and hands all that out. He is the perfect micromanager of this yeah. team. And this year, it's not working out. And the previous years, guess what? It really did. So you're not going to just, you know, cut off the head of the snake and say, oh, let's try and get better that way. You're going to try and fight through it. Andy Reid is going to try and fight through it. He's going to try and do that. But if you're going to be blaming people, you got to blame Andy too. Yeah. And it's it's continuing the same conversation. But I saw a comment saying it's frustrating that you guys keep excusing Nagy. Nagy isn't designing the plays. He's not calling the plays. And when you talk about the wide receiver, let's just stick to the wide receivers. I know you brought in Andy Heck. Might as well just blame everybody. Blame Dave Tobe, right? Blame everybody. Um, he could enforce Tom Melvin's fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so sticking to just the wide receivers, you want to blame Brett Veach that there's not enough talent in that room. Do you want to blame the talent in that room for not developing, not putting in the time that it takes to get through some of these mental understanding where to sit, come back to the ball, not in this game. I wouldn't put the one on Justin Watson on the sideline. They could just cut that too loose. I don't know if Mahomes just didn't set, didn't throw it hard enough because he didn't set. There's a million ways you can break down that play and blame. But is there enough talent in that room? Is it the coaches for not developing? Is it the players for not putting in the time to develop? The, the answer is that none of us really freaking know. And we're going to sit here and be mad and choose one. Or you could sit back and be like, you know what? It's all of them. It's the whole thing has to come together and work, whether there needs to be more talent in that room, whether the talent in that room needs to step up and be better. We said it all season. They banked on development from a lot of guys having to be better than they've ever been before for the offense to function at a level that we've come to expect to even win games like this. And not only did it not meet their expectations, it's been significantly worse, which again, you could blame the development. You blame the talent in that room or the people that assemble the talent or the people that put together the game plans and make the play calls. Or you can blame Patrick Mahomes for part of it too. Wherever you want to go, you just can't single out one person. And it's just strange to me that Matt Nagy, again, is the one today that is getting the majority of it. Craig, sorry, I know you want to say something. No, 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 no. The Chiefs offense averaged 1.27 yard or points per drive. They did. And they gave up 1.27 points per drive to the Raiders defense that lays on everybody that's not oh we just got done talking about how the wide receivers aren't getting open and when they do get open the offensive line isn't blocking and the tight ends aren't running the correct route and people are dropping passes and they, it's everybody it's every single coach every single player on the offensive side of the ball point to somebody that you think is doing an excellent job and there is so much room for improvement for that individual on this year's offense that's that's just where it is right now. All right, a couple more nuggets from social media. Sorry, Maddie, go ahead if you want to jump no, in there. No, no, no. I no, I had nothing else. I did. Yeah, it's an Aggie thing. Just a, it's a long conversation. I think that people very quick to ignore that last year saw the offense play in a way it entire it had it the previous years. The offense had to change last year because of the personnel, and nobody credits. Matt Nagy for what happened last year, but he seems to be catching all of the blame this year when once again, the personnel changed, the offensive structure has to change, and now he's catching all the blame. It's the people, you know, you're just picking the the lowest hanging fruit, and that's why I think it has to go from Connor Embry at wide receivers coach to be the guy that gets most of the blame. Now it's moved up to Matt Nagy because now it's not just the wide receivers that aren't working. Everything's going that way. People are just picking at the, at the lowest hanging fruit, but they're not giving any of the praise to the same person for the exact opposite happened just last year. And that aspect of it, it, it's a little frustrating 
because the team's clearly not playing well. And to your point, it's everybody. Everybody's at fault. There's not a single person on the team besides maybe Clyder and Zilaire after this game that doesn't deserve some blame for what just happened. And it's just, I don't think you can single out one person that probably has the least amount of overall like impact on some of the stuff that we're upset about, which is Matt Nagy. And we're getting mad at him more than anybody else just because I think it's just the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah, if you want to blame somebody, if you want to, it's you blame Andy Reid. This all goes and starts with him. Now, do you think that it's bad enough? And this is where, and I know it's it's not very many people, so you shouldn't address it. But I'm going to is that if you want somebody to blame, you blame Andy Reid because it all goes through him. The offense runs through him, personnel runs through him, game planning runs through him, Plake, all of it runs through him. Is it bad? You think he should get fired? No, that's ridiculous. If you're <laughs> on that train, do you trust him to get it figured out going into next season? That's the question that we don't have to answer today. Yeah. But that is the question going forward is, do they make a change at the wide receiver room? And then maybe it t- it'll take a year for us to look back and see where they blamed and put accountability on what went wrong. We know Brett Veach is going to over he's going to aggressively overcorrect the wide receiver room. I would be shocked if they didn't go out and get a couple of guys that moms could trust to be in the right spot yeah. in a situation to make a play. Um Hopefully we don't run into the Chris Jones holding the salary cap hostage again situation because they didn't have a lot of freedom. But again, if you want to hold somebody accountable for this, you hold Andy Reid accountable because it all runs through him. Now, I want to get to a couple of nuggets real quick, Craig, uh, on social media. It's from Nick Jacobs talking about the playoff scenarios going forward. Uh, Nick Jacobs on Twitter saying, after the loss, the Chiefs need to win or tie in one of their next two games to clinch the AFC West. A three seed is their easiest road right now. KC needs the Dolphins to lose their final two for a two seed. A one seed is now gone with Dolphins and Ravens playing each other next week. So it looks like three seed being the most likely scenario, playing whoever ends up then as the six. And then Sam McDowell on social media tweeting out from the postgame presser said he asked Andy Reid about the in-game exchange with Travis Kelsey on the sideline, talking about him slamming his helmet down. Uh, he went back in and did a nice job. Things happen. Emotional game. Travis is emotional. And sometimes my red hair gets to me a little bit, but it all works out. That is a perfect example of we will fix this shit in-house. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, even though we all saw it, we all want answers. Oh, yeah. They don't play well. But and I saw some stuff on social media saying I, I wish Andy Reid would be fired up. Andy Reid will hold people accountable. Um, just because we don't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Um, we talk about one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. He can also have bad stretches, bad games, bad moments, bad half seasons, whatever it is. All of that can be yeah. all of that can be true with also still being need the guy that is going to lead this thing going forward. Like it's it, anyway. Sorry, Craig. I know you were jumping in there. No, no, you're, turn it over. you're good. Podcast no, it, we get annoyed about trying to to pin everything on one person. It's just it, it doesn't work like that. It's one of those like we, we talked about it last off season, and I'm positive that we're going to talk about it this next off season here. But it's why you know we are such proponents of trying to get some new blood in, in the organization there because when you get things like this where the offense looks stale. It looks like there's not a whole bunch of new ideas. It looks like Andy is doing, you know, kind of the bulk of the lift here. And maybe the contributions from other coaches are just kind of like, yeah, that sounds good. Or there's maybe a small tweak on that. Not saying they're not valuable, but it becomes very samey versus maybe trying to go outside the tree, add a couple more offensive ideas. They've done really well with that on the defensive side of the ball, like really, really well. 
adding new blood, adding new coaches, adding new ideas. I think this may be an offseason where we see some of that. So maybe there is, you know, a, a focus on the wide receiver coach or the offensive coordinator or some of the structure of how the offense runs through things. Or maybe Patrick Mahomes gets more input into some of the weekly game planning. There's going to be stuff like that that we're not going to know, but I understand the frustration from Chiefs fans when it's, hey, Andy hires all of his buddies to come in here and be assistant coaches, and then things don't look like they change very much, and the offense goes through stretches where things aren't looking good. We did this with Eric Bieniemy. I know that there's a lot of people that are calling for Eric Bieniemy to come back. They need Eric Bieniemy back. Man, we did this for like, three, four seasons with Eric Bieniemy, where we laid all of the offensive struggles at his feet and said they are a terrible offense. They are being held back by their offensive coordinator. They move on from Eric Bieniemy. Now everybody wants it back. So we'll see what this offense brings. But once again, it still comes down to Andy. Andy's being the one that's going out there and hiring all these coaches and adding up the, to the uh, room seat. Oh, you mean the guy that hiring all his friends and not and having eleven straight fucking winning seasons, winning two Super Bowls in four years, and the greatest stretch in franchise history? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be like the Kool Aid guy right now, but like, it's it's so frustrating. It is an off season thing because it it drives me insane. Like I'm the opposite of you. It drives me insane that Andy Reid just hires his buddies that are essentially going to say yes to him, but the success is there. Like you can't argue with what it's done. He's formed essentially the best coaching tree in the NFL by doing just this. Like. It's really hard to poke holes in it. That said, I get driven insane every time there's a new hire that it's a player that played for Andy Reid or started his coaching career with him. Besides, hey, guess what? Eric Bieniemy was like the one outside guy when the Chiefs hired him. Weird. And then like, you know, now it's just, I like having multiple guys that find different avenues to get to an answer to the same problem if I'm creating a coaching staff. And I feel like Andy Reid's coaching staffs always have the same answer because they all learned how to get to that answer from Andy. I, I get it. It works, it works, it works. So it off-season conversation doesn't need to be hashed out here. Yeah. Just I wish they would try to bring in more guys on the outside, even if it's to a positional coach spot, coordinator, whatever it is, just to provide other options. Brad Childress did it for a while for them. Eric no. Bieniemy did it. Just guys that provide a little different of a look on how to get somewhere. I think NFL staffs need that. I don't think the Chiefs offense has that right now, and I think that's part of why you're seeing it so difficult this year when the answers are coming slowly and very difficulty, like difficult to get to. I think that's part of the issue. They have everyone's trying to get to this answer the same way. They need somebody else with an outside perspective. I just don't think this staff has it because of the hiring process. Here's a good one. BJ blaming fans. What a clown. How dare we question anything Andy does? Classic red checkmark move. We're saying to blame Andy. (laughs) And there's another one I want to respond to because I feel like I almost want to draw a graphic like the F around and find out graphic because I feel like what happens a lot in these situations is fans hear a lot of negative thing about from one faction of fans and then they respond to it later about another faction of fans complaining about something different and they ended up they're complaining about the fans that are saying the most like most hateful stuff whereas most fans are just frustrated they know things need to get better but they're not saying that Andy Reid should be fired but on a different note I'm over here looking up David Coley's offset language on his contract with the Texans because <laughs> he's due $22 million, signed a four-year deal in 2021, uh, trying to figure out if he could come back. Because if you want somebody that could, that'll could that check anybody, and I, 
we're not going to pretend to know all the dynamics that Andy Reid has with the people that he knows that are coming in just because he knows or is friends with these guys doesn't mean that they don't have the ability to check him or to voice their opinion on something. But we do know that Andy Reid has the final say on what this stuff is. And when there are, there's a reason he stands up and does the mea culpa. It's all on me because it does all run through him. And so success, failure, whatever, he's going to get the brunt of that. But to your point, it is going to be an off-season conversation to see what happens and what kind of changes they make. Right now, fans are pissed. Nobody's blaming, like not blaming fans, but fans aren't the ones who went out and laid an egg on Christmas Day um, against the Raiders. But it will be interesting over time to see what they thought regarding the accountability because it's not anything that's going to happen overnight. They're not going to be a bunch of fires and a bunch of big changes. Uh, But Craig, let's get your and Maddie's final thoughts as we wrap the show up. Yeah, yeah. I I do think it's funny you brought up David Coley. David Coley in 2014 would have been the guy that no Chiefs fan would have ever wanted to see again because he was the (laughs) wide receivers coach the year that no wide receiver caught a touchdown pass. But that's that's where we are right now. Um, Offense was hot garbage. Like, it it just was uh, top to bottom. There was very little positive that we can look at. Patrick Mahomes was bad. One of his worst games of the year. Offensive line was bad. Wide receivers were bad. Travis Kelsey was bad. Uh, play calling was bad. It was all bad. Defense was really good. Yet again, that's what this team is right now. They're going to go as far as their defense and as far as the offense is not going to make mistakes is going to take them. And it's unfortunate, but that's who they are now. We're 16 weeks into the season. They're going to keep making mistakes. They're going to keep playing bad football. It's just how bad of football are they going to play when it matters? That's really the the big swing right here because we know what the Chiefs defense is going to do. It just comes down to can they clean up the seven or eight major mistakes that they make that are backbreaking to this offense every single game, or is this just the team that we're going to see for the rest of the year? I lost so much confidence in this team making noise in the playoffs of this game because the last two weeks I've been touting that Patrick Mahomes is playing confidently and throwing with his chest and he looked a lot better. And if you wanted this team to make noise, it was going to be Patrick Mahomes putting a bad offense that's making a lot of mistakes on his back and leading them to a win. Not that I think that's impossible for him to turn it around after this game, but I think you just saw how difficult that is going to be for him to do in this situation, whether that's his fault or somebody else's. I'm not trying to play the blame game. It's just pretty clear to me that it's going to be really hard for Patrick Mahomes to play like a superhero, to play like the MVP, to play like the best player in the NFL for four games in a row on the way to another Super Bowl appearance. I just I lost all confidence that he can do that. And whether that's him making bad plays, bad decisions, the blocking being bad, the coaching being bad, the receivers being bad, it doesn't matter. I just lost all faith that they are going to be able to do that for four games in a row to win a Super Bowl. This game really did set back a lot of what, not expectations, but belief that this team could do because we saw Mahomes have to go through a lot of adversity in this game and he didn't really answer it the same way we're used to. I don't only blame him, but he has to share some of that and this offense will not be good enough this year without him playing like the best player in the NFL. It's that simple. Without the best player in the NFL, this offense is done. It's fried. It's over. I don't think I have the belief they can do that. He can do that with this team of multiple games in a row. It stinks to say that. And you know, December before we even get to January, that my I don't have a belief that they can get to the Super Bowl. But that's kind of where this game has left me because I think it's just going to be too hard, too much to overcome for them right now. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page, and there's the, the expectations have changed about uh, what I'd be happy with at the end of this season, and that the the giant experiment with the wide receiver room and the pass game and 
the totality of what they've done from the position coaches to the game planning to the talent inside that room, it it didn't work. And I, it's not going to all of a sudden click and be better as we go into the playoffs. So can the Chiefs get to 21 points in a playoff game and hold their opponent under under 21? That's where we're at. And I don't think they can do that by turning the football over. So again, not to compare it to the Alex Smith era, but in the terms of margin of error and what they need to do, that if you look at the end of the game and see that the opposing quarterback throws for 62 yards and goes 0 of 3 inside the red zone, you think you're going to win the football game until you look at the most important stat which going forward is going to be turnovers. And they lost that battle two to nothing. They give up 14 points on it. And that's the reason that they didn't win the football game. And so it, if they lose, like I said earlier, if they lose to anybody but Baltimore, Miami, or Buffalo playing well, I'll feel disappointed. Um, I feel like they'll win the wild card, go on. But uh, they've got two weeks to win one game. They've got the Cincinnati Bengals next week. And they've got the Chargers to finish it out. They win one of those. Uh, they will win the AFC West for an eighth straight season. Uh, as frustrated as we all are that this could have been another Super Bowl season and all of that, uh, let's not lose sight of and perspective of winning another division title, another winning season under Andy Reid. Um, but yeah, it, it's not good enough right now, and there's going to be some people that have to answer for it. Shout out Raiders fans that are here. We appreciate you guys tuning in. <laughs> A lot of them in the chat. Thanks for the And hopefully... The Raiders should hire Antonio Pierce full time. Like they really should. Like <laughs> he's got he's got him playing well. He really does. Have play well. We've talked about that for a, a few weeks now that he's had them playing hard. He they are kind of uh, an extension of him and his mentality, and it shows up on the field. They play hard. He now. should absolutely get that job. I hate saying that as a Chiefs fan because they came out and they played and they played hard for him. And granted, they still have life. Uh, within the playoffs, I think that probably helps something. It's a little different if they don't have any life and they're playing hard late in the season, but uh, he's got to believe in. Uh, and guys, since this is the first post-game show that we've done together in a while, my favorite thing to do right now is to spring on Tucker to give us his final take before I let him go. And right now he's panicking because he didn't know he was going to come on camera. Come on, Tuck. What's up, guys? Hi, Tuck. Merry Christmas, buddy. Hey, Merry Christmas. Um... That sucked. <laughs> That's all I got, really. You know what I thought Perfect. was really you know what I thought was really emblematic though of that game is when Isaiah Pacheco, after he got his helmet ripped off for the second time in that game, took a knee to the head from his own teammate, went to go sit down on the on the bench to get uh, evaluated. and fell through the medical table. Yep. And then after I saw that, I was like, okay, that's that's just how the day is. Yep. That's just how it is. So yeah, super tough. Anyway, we appreciate all of you for spending part of your Christmas with us. Uh, for those watching live or anybody listening after the fact, hope you had a great Christmas uh, with family. And um, yeah, let's have let's have a good week. <laughs> let's have a good week of practice, and then go out there and play well next week. And <laughs> the AFC West, I have no idea. We have no control over, it, which sucks. Just fast forward to next week and hopefully they come out. I'm going to practice hard, BJ. I'm going to have the best week of practice that I've ever had at KCSN this week. I think that's the hardest part is that like we all care so much. We're mostly invested in this and we have zero <laughs> effect on any of it. There's nothing that we can do except sit and get upset. Jackie, Phil, love you too. Love all of you. Appreciate you all for hanging out. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Good night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.